Welcome to Hub City Homers episode 41. We are 41 episodes into this deal, which is kind of hard to believe. Uh, tonight, I am with Kendall and Reed. Michael is not going to be here with us tonight. So it'll just be me, Jack, and Kendall, and Reed. Uh, y'all, y'all hear anything about uh, realignment or something that happened today? I'm, I'm not too sure uh, what happened. But as of today, which would be June 30th, USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12, going to the Big Ten starting in 2024. And we're back. I feel like we just got done with all of these realignment talks. And now somehow we've circled all the way back to a new topic and or a new situation, I should say. And uh, to quote the great Michael Scott from The Office, my, 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 how the turntables. So, um, this isn't going to be like your typical Hub City episode. Uh, I'm really just going to open this up for a chat. We're in the off season, and so we're kind of just going to open this up and see where it goes, uh, how we're feeling, what we're thinking. Uh, probably give some realignment scenarios. Uh, whether you want to hear them or not, we're going to give them to you. And uh, we're just going to kind of see you know, what the immediate looks like, what the immediate things that a uh, new Big 12 commissioner – uh, Brett Yormark can do and uh, you know are we gonna go full bore and try to absorb the Pac-12 are we only gonna get four are we gonna get six uh, we're gonna try and lay out some realistic options for everyone and uh, we're just gonna kind of have a chat this uh, this week so uh, I'll open it up uh, to anyone who wants to talk Kendall Reed whoever I guess um you know, what were your first uh, impressions about seeing the news today? Well, living in Big Ten country, uh, this is the USC-UCLA move is like, A, it's catastrophic because like, you know, a lot of the realignment before there was still like some kind of regionality to it, and the Big 12 kind of already started to break away from that. But this move like completely just shatters it. Because the Big Ten is now coast to coast starting in 2024 with uh, Rutgers and Maryland out on the far east coast. And then you have, obviously, SC and UCLA. But, you know, it's the weirdest thing about it is everyone knows more dominoes are going to fall after this. And I think everyone knows where it's kind of going with the, uh, the big kind of super conferences. But it's just a matter of, like, you know, is the Pac-12 going to be devoured? Or who knows, like, is there going to be a Pac-12, Big 12 style merger? And, like, where does the ACC sit with this, too? Because uh, I can't see the ACC snagging too many schools that the Big 10 isn't going to grab first. And if anything, I think the SEC is probably going to invade the ACC next for schools like Clemson, Florida State, Miami. Um, So I think really... Right now, what we're looking at is just kind of what conferences are going to stay on top. Because I think everyone's known for a while um, the two big dogs are the Big Ten and the SEC. And today's move kind of solidified that even more. But now it kind of takes us into, you know, what does the Big 12 do? This is our brand new commissioner. um, And not only brand new commissioner, you have new schools coming in next season, but now you, on top of that, you have to go and figure out what your next step is. And you have to do it within the next 24 to 48 hours. You can't sit here and wait around because the Big Ten is going to be calling up, you know, Oregon, Stanford, Notre Dame, all these schools. And for the Big 12 to survive, they need uh, bigger names. They can't, you know, they can't go raid the American again. We got their biggest names. Um, we're not stealing the big 12 isn't stealing anyone, you know, from the ACC or the SEC. The only school that I did see come up that, I mean, it would be interesting would be possibly Mizzou coming back, but that's still highly unlikely. And, um, I think that what I'm most interested to see is 
you know, what's the going to be the first domino to fall between the Big 12 and the Pac-12? You know, is it going to be the Big 12 poaching someone or is the first news to come out going to be that they're discussing some style of merger? And that's, you know, there's two new commissioners in both of these leagues that uh, were both kind of outside of the box hires. And like, like we've kind of talked about in the past, you know, everyone knew that this new Big 12 commissioner, um, whoever it ended up being, was going to be in for a pretty bumpy ride to start. Well, now he's really going to have to prove his worth right away and what he can do considering he has no prior college experience. You know, it's a guy that um, he was working with one of the biggest agencies uh, for professional players, and before that he was with the Brooklyn Nets. So it's not like he doesn't have, uh, you know, experience in sports, but – his biggest thing was going to be the TV contracts. I think, I think that's why he was brought in is for the media side of it. But now right away, he's kind of going to have to be ready to go get some new schools because there's no way the big 12 survives unless they are in attack mode right now. And uh, I'll leave it to one of you guys on who we think the big 12 will go after first, but there's so many different options right now that I'm just curious to see what kind of happens after this. Well, I'll leave it to Reed. Reed, it's good to hear from you again. It's good to have you back on the pod. And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on today's news and stuff? Yeah, it seems kind of like a a scenario with UT and OU leaving. Um, You know, back when in the fall, whenever they announced it, it just kind of seemed like a blindside out of nowhere. Kind of like you mentioned earlier that we've kind of gotten away from your realignment talk recently. Uh, it seems like nobody's really mentioned it since the OU, UT thing happened. Um, but, yeah, I think this is definitely the beginning of the end for the Pac-12. If it, uh, you know, if anything was going to signify it, it was going to be these two uh, massive teams out of their league leaving. Um, you know, I, th- I think them leaving that, that conference is worse for them uh, than, than UT and OU leaving the Big 12, if that makes sense. Um, I think it's more detrimental to them uh, to leave than – those two teams leaving the Big 12 uh, at the end of the day. I think the Big 12's got more teams that are more competitive than sports across the board at this point in time. And I do think the Big 12's, um, you know, just outlook as from a national standpoint is a little bit better than the Pac-12. Um, it, it seems like recently the Pac-12 is just kind of off on its own, doing its own thing, and everybody just kind of pokes fun at it, kind of like the stepchild a little bit. Um, so I think it was uh, it was inevitable that some these USC UCLA teams are going to get out at some point. Uh, nobody just really knew when that was going to happen. Um, you know, I'm, I am kind of surprised they're doing the Big Ten, um, but I guess it kind of makes sense too, uh, in order to try and compete with the SEC a little bit. Um, but I mean, there's also some other really big blue chip programs now that they're having to uh, try and compete with in football. Obviously, they have Lincoln Riley at USC now and um, some good stuff going on at UCLA in the recent history. That's going to help them uh, hopefully kind of propel forward in football at least. But <clears throat> all the other sports are, you know, not not near where the Big Ten's at, in my opinion, right now. Uh, obviously, this is going to help the recruiting in some other uh, scenarios and stuff like that. But they got a long way to go, I think, to get where they want in a Big Ten conference at this point in time. Um, but yeah, kind of like what y'all were saying, I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of really just what happens next, I guess. Um, not really sure who's going to make the next move, if anything, for a while. And maybe kind of what happened last time where we were sitting around for six months and no big news really came out on anybody doing anything major. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with Kendall. I think if the Big 12 is going to try and keep their name towards, uh, towards the top of the board, they're going to have to make some moves quicker uh quicker than later uh, i do think i don't know what what you guys saw on social media on uh who was who they were looking at per se out of the pac-12 but i saw both of the arizona schools uh colorado and then i believe utah which i think all all four of those would fit just fine in the big 12 um i think i've always thought the arizona schools would be a good fit i think they kind of have you know same traditions mentalities that kind of thing when it comes to sports and across the board um, I think it'd just be cool to have, you know, that kind of side of the country uh, mixed into the Big 12 with 
kind of what we've got to offer right now. Um, but yeah, I think it's really going to be interesting. I don't really see. I think if there's another conference that was going to fall out of the Power Five, uh, other than the 12 would be the ACC. I just don't think they have. I don't know the mantra that the, the Big 12 does either. Kind of the same with the Pac-12. Uh, obviously, they've got some big programs in there. They've got more schools to offer across the board than the Big 12 does. But it's probably a little biased opinion. Um, I'm sure just because Texas and the Big 12. But um, even without UT and OU, I think we've got more just national backing and recognition than most teams in the ACC outside of you know Clemson and North Carolina, some other areas with. Uh, with the basketball programs, but when it comes down to it, a lot of this is about uh, money and football revenue. Because at the end of the day, football is what brings in the money. Uh, no matter how good your basketball team is, football is what what drives your revenue and uh, an athletic program. So uh, I think that's kind of where the difference is with the Big Twelve and the ACC. Is the ACC's just not hasn't been great at football um, as is you know. And compared to what they used to be, you know, even just like five, ten years ago, uh, outside of Clemson, and even them slipped a little bit here and there. So, um, yeah, just across the board, I think it's going to be uh, a shit show, to put it politely. Really, I don't, I really don't even know what to expect at this point in time, uh, as a as a whole and the national outlook on what really is going to happen. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what uh what takes place next. Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. A few things. Uh, I, I also am 100% into the uh, two Arizona schools, Utah and Colorado. Geographically, it makes sense. Colorado's already been here before. Tex had rivalries with Arizona schools before. Uh, I really don't care to go back out to Tempe and watch Tech give up you know, 800 yards rushing. Uh, I would prefer that didn't happen again. Uh, Utah is intriguing to me. Utah has been in the Rose Bowl the past couple of years. So, or at least they were this past year, I think. So, uh, you know, I'm really interested to see what Utah could, could, could bring to the big 12, uh, potentially. I, I think that anytime that you have the opportunity to welcome in a team that has been in new Year's six bowls, you know, multiple times over the past five years, that's a positive, especially when trying to replace Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, I, I think that I would agree with you, Reed, on the fact that uh, the Big 12 is a little bit more relevant in all sports uh, than the ACC. You know, they, they have Clemson, they have North Carolina and Duke. Um, you know, North Carolina State's supposed to be pretty good in football this year. Uh, we'll see in, you know, the third or fourth week whenever that game is out in Raleigh. Uh, maybe it's the second week. I can't, I can't even remember. But... Um, I'm really interested when it comes to or I'm really interested to hear your opinion, Kendall, on this, because you have experience with that part of the country uh, in the Big Ten and stuff. And so I'm really interested to, to how you think the Big 12 stacks up against the ACC uh, in, in terms of other sports. You know, football, I, I feel like right now. It might be a toss up and this is. Keep in mind, this is taking Texas and Oklahoma out of the conversation. Let's let's forget about the Longhorns and the Sooners, and let's stack it up for what it is. And, you know, we can go ahead and add the American teams into it. So you have a conference that has Baylor, TCU, Tech, Houston, Central Florida, Cincinnati, BYU, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, and West Virginia. Let's go ahead and assume that that is your conference going forward. How would you stack that up against the ACC in terms of football? Shit, we'll go with basketball, too, in terms of basketball, too. Um, you know, right now, with, with those teams in the Big 12, with the, with the teams coming in, and the current stuff that the ACC has, and let's assume that Notre Dame stays in the ACC for now, and let's assume that, North Carolina and Duke are still in the ACC also. Kendall, what, how do you think that those that the two conferences stack up against each other in terms of uh, football and basketball? Because I know I have an opinion on baseball. Um, I just think the Big 12 is better, even without 
Texas and Oklahoma, I still think the Big 12 is going to be a superior conference when it comes to baseball, just because even though the ACC has more teams, I feel like the competition in the Big 12 is more intense. Uh, but, Kittle, what do you think when it comes to football and basketball uh, when comparing those conferences? So I'll start with football because I think that one's a little tricky because that's really going to depend on um, right off the bat. Right now, looking at the teams the Big 12 is adding, you have uh, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, BYU. And all of those schools within the last four to five years have either been in contention for a New Year's Six Bowl or made it to a New Year's Six Bowl. And I think everyone knows the threat that a, a school like Houston getting a power conference status will uh, will kind of pose. But for what, it, for what it's worth, I will, I will add real quick, all four of those teams have won at least 10 games at least once over the last five years. And they've all produced like high level NFL players here recently, including multiple like high end quarterbacks. So their level of play when they come in, I think they're going to be able to come in and be very successful just because, you know, the bottom of the big 12, when, uh, when it's bad, it is, it is bad. Like, and when you look at the ACC outside of Clemson, you have had no consistency since Florida State was in the playoff last, which was the first ever college football playoff in 2014. Was that with so, Jameis? Was that with Jameis Winston? Yeah, that would have been Jameis's last year, and that seemed like forever ago now with where college football has evolved into. But um, you've seen teams kind of like pop up here and there. You've seen like this past year, Pittsburgh kind of showed up, but they also lost their New Year's Six game uh, against a very you know, kind of meh Michigan State team. And then you got um, North Carolina, who for one year was really good. And then this year they had all the expectation in the world and couldn't even muster out uh, a solid record in the ACC. So, and there's like, there's schools with potential. Like you obviously have Florida State, you have Miami, Virginia Tech, like all those schools that have a lot of history. But if you're looking at right now, none of those programs are in a good spot where if I look at the big 12, I can look at almost every school besides Kansas and maybe West Virginia and say like, damn, I think that they have a very good future going for them. I think that, you know, when you look at their recruiting classes, um, I don't think the ACC right now can really match up to the potential that this new conference has. And one I've posted on Twitter a couple of times, but um, I am just really curious to see what UCF does. They, a Florida school, the biggest college campus in the U.S., I think, coming in with, you know, uh, they haven't had, a, like, great success here the last couple of years, but they did go undefeated uh, and beat Auburn when Scott Frost was there in the Peach Bowl. And, like, we've seen what they can do at their best. And arguably, they probably should have been in the playoff that year. So, UCF, we've seen the level they can get to, and that was in the American Conference. Now, put them in a power conference where they're the only Florida school, but they have the biggest pitch in the world, which is, you know, you get to play football in Florida, and they get to kind of invade the states of Texas, you know, the states of Oklahoma that have great football talent and kind of pitch to them while – you could probably go home to play in your home state multiple times a season. And now that's just a bigger recruiting uh, kind of addition. And that the only Florida school that really also has that right now is Florida with uh, OU and Texas coming in and already having Texas A&M there. But they have Florida has been on a very big downward spiral these last couple of years. Like UCF legitimately has the opportunity right now to kind of take over Florida as far as, you know, being the football school, the best football school in the state right now, because they beat Florida in their bowl game and Florida state and Miami have been just God awful these past couple of years. So when I look at kind of just the big 12, the new big 12 as a whole, it, it's really hard to make an argument 
when it comes to football that the ACC is a better conference. And basketball, I don't think it's close. Uh, basketball, top to bottom, this entire conference, especially this next year, um, when you bring in when you bring in Houston, who has made you know the Final Four last season, uh, made it to the Elite Eight, knocked out the one of the top seeds in Arizona this year. Um, you add in a historic program like Cincinnati, who hasn't had a ton of success since Mick Cronin left for UCLA, but they are still a very good program. Um, BYU, who is the only team outside of St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference that has been able to give Gonzaga good games just about every time they play. And then UCF, like I said, um, I think everything for UCF is going to take a big jump when they join the Big 12 just because of that power conference status. But, you know, for basketball, the ACC every year, um, I watch them play in the Big 10 ACC Challenge every year. I keep up with that religiously. And their top half of the conference is always, like, elite. It's up there with everyone. Like, this past year, North Carolina, Duke, even when it looked like they might have been down this year, they still had two of the final four teams with UNC and Duke. But when you look at the depth of the conference top to bottom, the ACC doesn't even match up because that bottom half of the ACC is terrible. You know, the Georgia Techs of the world, the uh, Virginia Techs, like those schools, Virginia Tech did storm and win their uh, conference tournament this year to get into the tournament. But in general, like those schools compared to the bottom half of the Big 12, like we've said it for years now, every game in the Big 12 is a dogfight. And uh, that only is getting more true with uh, K-State, who is at the bottom of the conference, just got a phenomenal head coach with uh, Jerome Tang. And then you add in a Houston team that – I never – I'm, like, scared to see them join the conference for basketball because uh, give them, they are doing so much in the American conference, and now you're adding them to a power conference where that might be enough to convince some recruits not to go to Texas, not to go to, you know, even Tech, TCU, Baylor, because they're on the same level as us now. So it's going to be really interesting to see – um, you know, if any of these like new schools coming in, if they rise or they fall, but right now at the level they are, the ACC, I just don't think top to bottom they can match up in uh in basketball. That's for sure. Football, I think we're gonna be. I I would give the edge to the new Big Twelve, but I also think that you know if Florida State returns to power, like I they have all the resources to do. Um, or Miami or any of those schools kind of come back to being what everyone's used to, I think that could change. But as of right now, like the, the Big 12 looks like it's in really good standing. And if we get new schools like Arizona, Arizona State, uh, Utah, I think that we're going to be sitting in a lot better position than people around the country are going to give the Big 12 credit for. How good will this basketball conference be i know we've touched on it but i think we're adding we're adding houston who has who has excelled in the postseason this the past few years uh you know they have they're notorious for recruiting good talent uh not just from other programs but out of high school as well um and then, if, hypothetically, if you add an Arizona uh, to that to this conference, uh, Arizona, I'll put I'll put it out on the line right now. In basketball, at least, Arizona is much better than Texas and Oklahoma are. Uh, oh, and when and you so, take when yeah. you think or comparing some of these programs to Texas and Oklahoma, let's be real. Texas has never made a Final Four. OU since Long Kruger, like you know his last couple years, and then now Porter Moser is definitely going to get them back to a really good spot. But uh, just in general, OU and Texas, when you think about them, they were middle of the – like consistent middle of the pack Big 12 teams where every couple of years they might kind of shoot up to the top half of the conference. But other than that, they are consistently at that, you know, four, five, six range. So when you – if you take away those, 
you add Arizona, who, um, like you just said, they were on one seed in the tournament this past year, have all the history that you could ask for. By far, like, behind UCLA, they were the top of the conference in the Pac-12 consistently. And then Arizona State is even a very good basketball program. They haven't, you know, met expectations the past couple of years, but, like, you know, that's where Remy Martin came. He came from Arizona State to Kansas this year, which I hate him for that. But this, like, they are a very underrated program where uh, at any point, any year, they are just, they could be on the same level as the top teams in our conference. And then, um, you know, Utah doesn't bring much, and whoever else could be added. The only other school I could think out of the Pac 12 that would really make a huge difference in basketball would probably be Oregon to me. But um, in basketball, I not only do I think they're better than the ACC, but, like, the Big 12 is the best basketball conference in the country. Like, well, we had close. 10 teams. Like, no, not at all. You know, especially when you look at the defensive side of the ball, this whole conference could defend last year. It was miserable night in, night out. And everyone always kind of, you know, when you look at the conference – um, people would give tech crap because of their offense and their offensive efficiency. But when you think about it, they were going up against the best the country has to offer on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, uh, I think it's the uh, gambling gauchos. They've been putting out some great lists, some great, uh, you know, conversation starters out on Twitter. And I saw like their best coaches in the big 12, they kind of ranked them. And, when you look at it and guys like Bob Huggins, Jamie Dixon, and Mike Boynton are considered some of the worst coaches in the conference, you know that that's an elite conference because, I mean, Bob Huggins is a Hall of Famer now. And uh, Jamie Dixon, what he's done for that TCU program, especially the last couple of years, um, that has just been a great turnaround for them. And they're going to be you know, in the top half of the conference for they're, the Big 12 this year. They're, they're going to be gonna scary be, ass good. Yeah, they're going to be <laughs> really good this coming year. And, you know, we'll get to it later on uh, in the calendar year for sure when we start uh, previewing basketball and everything. But, uh, you know, I, I, TCU is going to be extremely scary good this year when it comes to basketball. I was praying that Mike Miles decided to stay in the draft, but he decided to come back. So he's going to – he killed us last year in that game at TCU and I do not want to see it happen again, but you know, and that's before those coaches that I just named, that's before you add a guy like Kelvin Sampson, that would be before you add Arizona and Tommy Lloyd, who just won coach of the year controversial. I don't think he should have, but uh, like that is, there's no conference that even comes close to matching up top to bottom, you know, the top half of the conference is on par with, you know, the top half of the ACC. Um, I would say sometimes the SEC can be up there with uh, like the rise of Auburn, Tennessee, uh, adding, you know, OU, Texas, who in their good years, OU and Texas are still very good. Um, yeah, I, I just, think the only the only thing that even comes close to the Big 12 in basketball is the Big 10, personally. Yeah, the Big 10. And that's the thing. The Big 10 is so weird, too, because like. You know, they struggle in the like in the postseason, but like in the non-conference, the Big Ten does dominate. Like they they kind of take out a lot of the top teams early on, but when the tournament comes around, they do not perform. But like when it comes to basketball, I think that's gonna be the Big 12's best chance to succeed. As much as like everyone knows football is the big money getter, but you know. And that's why the Big East did fail was because they were a mainly basketball conference. But the Big 12, if they can have good enough football, you know, like where they can stay considered a power conference while still having like the best basketball conference, that's going to be huge. And especially for media, because when this new commissioner, when he comes in and he the biggest thing to me they got to get away from ESPN to me. Uh, that's going to be a big thing because ESPN is going to shove the SEC down our throats whether we like it or not. The best chance for the Big 12 
to succeed revenue wise with their new TV deal will be I CBS has a huge opening with the SEC being gone. I would love for the Big 12 to pursue that personally if they were the sole conference for CBS. That would be huge because you can get our biggest basketball games and our biggest football games consistently on national television and not on that stupid ass ESPN plus like I don't want to be watching Kansas Iowa State and Allen Fieldhouse on ESPN plus like that's the big thing you know how can a conference succeed when we don't get eyes on the conference and you know outside of the realignment that's going to be the big thing is getting eyes on the new big 12 yeah I agree I want to push this along a little bit um let's go ahead and assume let's play a devil's advocate here a hypothetical uh let's let's go ahead and say that the big 12 along with the teams coming in go ahead and they add both arizona schools utah and colorado uh i'll open it up to both of you uh reed i'll just kind of head in your direction i'm gonna go ahead and assume that oregon and washington are off the table i'm gonna assume that the big 10 is gonna make them offers and they accept uh, I'm also going to assume that uh, probably Stanford and Cal either go to the Big Ten or become independent. I've also read something today that's saying that Stanford and Cal are considering dropping football altogether, uh, which is just a, something that is crazy to even think that that's being said out loud. This leaves Washington State and Oregon State. Um I'll open it up to both of you. Would you be willing to add two more teams in Washington State? If it was specifically Washington State and Oregon State, is are these two teams that have enough of a pedig- of a, I guess a an aura or a pedigree uh, with the programs, not just in football, even though football would be the main money maker, but in all sports. Uh, are you willing to take on Washington State and Oregon State in basketball, uh, in baseball, you know, in women's sports, uh, you know, volleyball, softball, uh, women's basketball as well? You know, are these teams that either of you feel like having in, in the Big 12? You know, is this, is this, are these two teams worth having, or would you rather your mark in his newly – assigned role, his newly agreed on role, you know, would you rather him try to, you know, go ball out and make a big play? You know, would you rather him offer, even though it might not be received well, would you rather him offer Oregon and Washington or maybe in some other sort of combination, you know, maybe like uh, Oregon and Oregon State or Washington and Washington state, you know, uh, I, I really just am inclined to say that Cal and Stanford are pretty much off the table. Um, I don't know. Stanford's pretty good at baseball. You know, they made it to Omaha this year. Uh, Oregon state's really good at baseball too. You know, are these teams that you would want to see in the big 12 for all sports or, uh, do you think that there are other options? I think it's probably can kind of depend on what sport you're talking about. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't think um, me as a Tech fan would look forward to going to Oregon State uh, for like a 9.30 kickoff for football. Uh, but also the other part of me would not mind playing them in a three-game series in, in baseball either because that's, you know, it's a very – highly touted uh, baseball program um, in Oregon State. And then another thing, Wazoo, obviously, they haven't really been – they're not really known for anything per se, uh, especially since Leach left. But, um, you know, just just small things thinking about it. Like I watch college game day all the time, and they kind of have the tradition of having the Wazoo flag at every single, uh, like, little game day. I think that's kind of a little cool little thing. It kind of shows me that they, you know, all those people have a lot of pride about their school. So maybe uh, with a, like a conference shakeup, they would be interested in 
trying to revamp some programs or pumping money into them or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It kind of depends on what sport and what school. Uh, kind of like what you said, I don't think Cal and Stanford would ever consider joining the Big 12 whatsoever. Uh, they probably look down upon us just based solely off of academics if I had to take a stab at it. Um, if they were to join anybody at all, it would be the Big Ten in my opinion. Uh, just, again, because of academics solely. Because um, they, you know, they have Michigan and some other schools that are known for their academics uh, that they'd kind of fit into with. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't mind the Oregon schools either. I, I mean, that's a big power power area for, for sports and football, especially with Oregon. Um, and the kind of success they've had the last 10 to 15 years or so. Um, I don't know. It's, I don't know if one team has an edge over another, I guess. Uh, just trying to answer that question, really. Uh, which kind of depend on what kind of duo or, or trio we could try and get. I don't really think you get any name in the Pac-12 to join you outside of Arizona and schools and that you know we've all talked about and seen on media. I think that's really the four just geographic and um, just as those those the four best teams you could probably add. Uh, that are outside of USC and UCLA. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't really know what route to take that per se. But um, if if I was him, I would make sure you get those those four locked down because I don't. I think it's kind of inevitable that that the Pac-12 is just not going to hang on anymore. Uh, whether it's later or a few years down the road when they decide to. Uh, well, I don't know what happened there. But, so I think that the big thing I would say, um, you know, the Oregon State and Washington State, those two schools specifically, every couple of years in some sport, those are two schools that, like, randomly kind of just show up. You know, they are... They, they randomly put themselves on the map, whether, you know, it was Oregon State last year randomly winning the Pac-12 tournament than going to the Elite Eight in basketball with the worst team that I've ever, like, talent-wise, I that team was terrible. I have no idea how they made it to the Elite Eight because they followed that up with three total wins this season. And then you have Washington State, who um, that was probably more a product of Mike Leach than anything. Um, when he came in and, uh, you know, every couple of years they'd have eight, nine on a good year, 10 wins. Um, and they haven't done anything since then, but see, I might catch a lot of shit for this, but one school that I think should be considered is USF. It is a school that's not being brought up, but the thing with USF, they have that rivalry with UCF. They, for a very short period of time, were part of the Big East. Um, they have a very large stadium for football. They have a very good market for football in the uh, in the Tampa area. And when you look at some of their other sports, they aren't great at basketball or baseball, but they can be very good and competitive. And that's kind of the uh, biggest part to me is um, – the competitiveness. I think that US adding USF would make them more competitive than if you were to add Wazoo or Oregon State. And that's probably a school that's not going to get brought up at all, I know. But I just like the idea of having another Florida school with UCF in that area, especially USF because of their, you know, their past. They have experience in a bigger conference like the Big East was. And, uh, you know, they that rivalry with UCF is it people watch it, people tune in, no matter how good either of the teams are. That is a rivalry that for some reason um, it, it at least draws my eyes to it. And it was one of the biggest draws uh, for an ABC football game 
in the last like 10 years, it's been one of the biggest draws that for regular season games. So uh, they have a market. They do have a fan base. It's just a matter of, you know, are they going to be good enough for that fan base to show up? Um, but USF is a name that I would keep an eye on just solely because, you know, that they're one of the American schools that kind of got left out, but they are also big enough, a big enough name to be considered, especially when you're comparing them to Oregon state and Washington state, if those are options, because those two brands of Oregon state and Washington state, they're not any better than some of these American schools. So if that's the route they're going to go, I think the Big 12 will consider all their options. And if you can get a bigger, more of the Florida market, I think that's something that the Big 12 could look into. I think that... to I tweeted this earlier, and I want... And Kendall, I want to know what you what you think about it. I tweeted this out. I said, Oregon, so so go ahead and take the four teams that we have already assumed are going to join. Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado. And then add Oregon and Cal to the mix. Uh, you know, this makes adding six teams, bringing the total of teams in the conference to 18 – having two separate nine-team divisions. The conference runs as it has since the last realignment back in, you know, around 2011, 2012. Uh, You know, why, to me, that sounds like it works. Uh, Cal is kind of losing its losing its sparkle, its shine, I guess you could say. It's a draw with UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12. Cal's kind of been left hung out to dry. Um, so I, I think you could kind of get them without any sort of uh, having to beg them or anything. Uh, I, I think you're that way you could focus all of your um you could focus all your resources on Oregon. And and I, I'm like I said, I'm fully assuming that the Big Ten goes after Oregon. Uh, but I also think that the Big Twelve with with everything that's going on, I think the Big Twelve could actually maybe make a potential play and have Oregon, you know, listen, you know, at least, at least bring an offer to the table, you know? Well, and I think the biggest thing to that, especially, you know, with this new um, commissioner, uh, him having that big profile with that uh, rock nation uh, sports agency, he has connects to Nike and that it. <laughs> That's the biggest pitch you can have with Oregon. They are the, you know, they are the poster boy for Nike college football with uniforms and everything like that. Well, yeah, Phil, I mean, Phil Knight did go to Oregon. Yeah, like they are the absolute poster boy. So if he can use his connections to possibly convince Oregon, and let's be real, Oregon comes into the Big 12, they are the football power. Like there is no um, argument there. They will become the best program in the Big 12 for football. And if that's not a big enough pitch, I don't necessarily like because the Big 12 is not going to be bad at football, whether Oregon is there or not. But if you bring in Oregon, that's a, you know, if that's a playoff contender yearly, you know, that is whether it stays at four teams, whether it goes to 16, whether it goes to 12, like Oregon's name will always be there as long as they are winning games because of their brand. And the brand brings eyes to the Big 12. And I think if you bring in Oregon, that also does have a little more appeal to bringing in 
um, Oregon State. That Civil War rivalry is it's a fun, even though Oregon State is half the time they're dog shit at football, um, it is still a very entertaining rivalry to watch. It's like, you know, um, your classic, like even the Kansas-Kansas State game for football. Like as much, as bad as Kansas always is, for some reason that game still kind of just has a little bit of buzz to it. And it's like, I, being from Iowa, I'll, I'll compare it to like the Iowa-Iowa State rivalry. No matter, like Iowa State hasn't won that game in six years, but still they've gotten college game day twice in the last, like, in their last two matchups, college game day has been in Ames both times. So that's that's the type of appeal I think Oregon State would bring with Oregon too. And that would probably make the most sense. Now, with Cal, you made a really good point about Cal. The, the point that I've made, the reason the Pac-12 cannot survive this is because they are losing the LA market and revenue. And that is the biggest market like in the nation when it comes to sports like the only ones that are comparable is New York which the ACC and Big Ten already have that New York market locked up but one of the other biggest ones is the Bay Area and that's where Cal does come in if you can get that Bay Area market and revenue that is going to be huge for the Big 12 because they right now their biggest market is the probably I'd say the Dallas Fort Worth market, which is still a incredibly large market, but that's also shared now with the SEC because of you know just UT Texas A and M OU like they also have a share of that DFW market. If you go and you get Cal, and I don't know what Stanford's going to do if they drop their football program. That's best case scenario, in my opinion, if the Big 12 is to go snag Cal but not Stanford and Stanford drops football. You have that Bay Area market to yourself. You have all of Northern California. Like, that market is the Big 12s. And to me, the Big 12 needs to start finding ways to generate as much revenue as they can because they aren't going to be able – like, there's no way they're competing with the Big 10 and SEC – But if they can be the third most profitable conference, they are not going away. The Big 12 would not go away anytime soon. So those schools that you mentioned, that is like best case scenario, getting the Arizona schools, Utah, Colorado, which I'll put it out there. I absolutely hate Colorado. I don't have an actual reason to. I just, I really don't like them. But but another option that I did see kind of pop up, and I want to get your thoughts on this. There's been a lot of rumors that Nebraska does not like you know just their standing in the big 10 well it's because they're getting shit raked and everything well yeah they get and then they they claim they get disrespected but they were the like they complained about not having football during covid and then they got their covid schedule and they had like ohio state and michigan both on there then they started complaining about that too and you know scott frost is a bigger piece of shit than any coach like i've seen and their fan base is just as bad as Texas. Well, but... half their half their fan base thinks Scott Frost is the next Nick Saban, and then the other half thinks Scott Frost should have been fired five years ago, or should have never been hired in the first place. I should say. So their that... their fan base is so fractured, and it's and it's it. it, it I agree with you one hundred percent. It's along the lines of the Texas fan base for sure. Because it's so fractured and it's so split down the middle when it comes to things that, I mean, you have old boosters that want nothing to do with Scott Frost, but you also have not just new boosters, but also older boosters that love Scott Frost, which is really weird. And um, I think that the biggest thing with Nebraska is, as much as I hate to say it, their brand, especially for football as bad as they've been, that brand is still there. And you bring them back to the Big 12, especially if you bring in Colorado, not only do you renew a very big rivalry between those two schools, but um, you kind of bring back almost, like, I think at least some 
kind of it just feels right having some of those schools back in there because and it softens the blow of losing Texas and OU because you can get back some of your old big brands and I think Nebraska moving back to the Big 12 would be an opportunity for them to kind of revive some of their football program just in the sense of the reason they were so successful because now they have to recruit out of the Midwest for football. Like they can't really dip into the Texas and OU or Texas and Oklahoma, um, you know, recruiting markets. But now if you add them back to the Big 12 and they can get some of those better athletes and stuff, they're probably back to at least being a respectable program. And if Nebraska can get back, if they, if you add them to the big 12 and they do get back to that slightly respectable program level, that's just another brand. And that's the thing that needs to happen is we need big brands again. Like, and if you don't have them, you kind of have to make them. And the biggest way to do that is like I've said, it's going to be, it's going to come down to the TV deal. It's going to come down to, getting eyes on the big 12 and getting the big 12 in the college football playoff and continuing our basketball success that that's the big 12 has dominated uh postseason basketball now since i would say probably that 2019 year when tech went to the national title uh we've had the national runner-up and then we had the last new two national championships in 2020 the big 12 would have had a national champion that year too so um just I like the track that we're on, if I'm being honest, with the Big 12. I think that we have, even though Bulls B, you know, he could have probably burnt the Big 12 to the ground on his way out. But he does deserve a little credit for keeping the Big 12's head above water. And now it's up to the new commish to come in and not only keep our head above water, but now it's time to take that next step into possibly being that third power conference behind the big 10 and the sec, but they got to move like right now. I'm going to end with this and we're going to keep it in a more uh, general scenario. Um, We've talked about this and we'll, and we'll just continue with the trend. Um, Assuming the big 12 adds Arizona, Arizona state, Utah, Colorado, I have in front of me a map of the lower 48 of the United States. Um, I have all the pins on the map of all of the universities that are in the Big 12 for the 2023-2024 year. So that would include Houston, uh, Cincinnati, BYU, Central Florida, And I went ahead and added Arizona, Arizona State, uh, Utah, and Colorado. Springs the conference to 16 teams. Um, If you can imagine it listening to us, we're looking at a map. Um, It's easy to say that this this conference will need divisions because it's over, you know, 10 teams. So I'll I'll ask you one question, and if you want to, Kendall, if you want to go ahead and pull up a map on your computer, your phone, whatever, and kind of imagine what I'm looking at here. Um, you know, you have two teams in Arizona, two teams in Utah, one team in Colorado, uh, one team in Western Texas in the Panhandle. So that's. You know, that's six teams right there. Eight per division, if you want to call it an even 16. You have to make a decision on which teams you add, what other two teams you add to the Western division, or would you rather it be... My question is, would you rather see an East versus West in terms of divisions, or would you rather see a North versus South? The North and South is very cut and dry. Uh, North division would be BYU, Utah, Colorado, both Kansas teams, Iowa State, uh, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. Uh, The South would be Arizona, Arizona State, Tech, Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, Houston, and Central Florida. 
going east-west, you have both Utah teams, both Arizona teams, Colorado, Texas Tech, uh, most likely TCU or Oklahoma State. And the rest would be uh, Baylor, Houston, both Kansas – or uh, yeah, both Kansas teams maybe, uh, Iowa State – Cincinnati, West Virginia, and Central Florida. It's it's very it's very difficult to draw a line down the middle of this and say East versus West. It's a lot easier to go with a North and South matchup when it comes to terms of divisions. And this is again assuming that the Big Twelve adds both Arizona schools, Utah, and Colorado. Um, in terms of competition, strictly. If you are looking at a Northern versus Southern conference, are you all but assuming that it's going to be Cincinnati and Utah playing every year to who to play whoever in the South comes from the for, from the Big Twelve for the conference championship? I I feel like that's my biggest fear when it comes to football for conference championship wise is that it's just going to be a Cincinnati Utah matchup every year. And I, I mean, with, with every, with all the resources leaving Iowa state, um, Kansas state's on the up and up. Yes. Um, West Virginia, we really don't know how all of that new coaching staff is going to look. Um, BYU, we really don't know either. Colorado has been up, but it's also been down over the last five to 10 years. So, if you, I want, I'm going to ask you two questions. Do you rather have East versus West or North versus South? And are you worried that if for some reason you pick the North and South, if you're just going to limit the competition by strictly sending Cincinnati or Utah every year to the Big 12 title? Oh, uh, so. The first question I'll address first with the North, South, or East, West. Um, I would probably go East, West. But here's the thing. When it comes to travel, it's not going to matter. Because no matter what you do, there's going to be, you know, it's going to be weird travel-wise because of, you know, the schools out East with with how far, like, really UCF, Cincy, and West Virginia really are from that, like, kind of the rest of the conference. I'm looking so, at it. I'm looking at it and it looks like the farthest trip would probably be from Tucson to Morgantown or possibly Salt Lake City, which would be Utah uh, to Orlando, uh, which would be which is going to happen anyway, regardless. Uh, yeah, reg- and- regardless. So, I mean, you're. I agree with you 100 percent. The travel aspect isn't going to make a difference. So the big thing to me. And not a lot of people have really discussed this for any of the conferences. But when the Big Ten first split into divisions back in like 2011 or whenever it was, they actually went with a completely different format. They didn't go regional. They went with like the leaders legends thing. And I personally think the best way you keep the divisions even and, you know, competitive so you aren't getting the same teams every single year is splitting into that style of format and then, you know, looking at each program and deciding kind of how you want to split it up from there. But I do have the fear that if you go north-south, um, I think you're getting a lot of, you know, similar teams out of the north every year. But I don't necessarily think it's going to be Cincy and Utah because um, I think the biggest thing with Cincy um, this past season with how good of a team they had as good as their team was, they still had way too many scares with those American conference teams. They are not winning all those games that they did against these teams in the big 12. Like we've seen it for, you know, for some reason, Kansas state has been able to be Oklahoma's most competitive opponent year in year out here recently. And uh, I think that K state, like you said, they are on the rise. And I think when this new Big 12 kind of takes off, I think that's going to be one of the programs that kind of rises to the top a little bit is going to be K-State. And if it is Utah, um, 
I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. I don't I can't really put my finger on it for Utah what has made them so good, but they've figured it out and they are competitive every single year. And um I I it's going to sound like I'm being like a hater on Iowa State or whatever, but I just you know their program trajectory yet they had that phenomenal year where they won the Fiesta Bowl and all credit to them like that just doesn't happen at Iowa State. But to me, that's a very similar vibe as to when Kansas went and won the Orange Bowl back in 08. Like, you know, they, you know, they lost a ton of talent this season to both the portal and the draft. You know, I just can't see them taking a leap from last season, and they were seven and five last year. So that's a school that. I don't think is necessarily going to benefit from a lot, like from a new Midwest team like Cincy coming in on um, that. That's just a, more competition from that Midwestern area for recruiting. And I don't think that um, obviously Kansas isn't doing shit. And like you said, West Virginia, that I've seen flashes out of West Virginia. Actually, I, I hate to say it, but like they have had their moments. And with Graham Harrell in there, uh, offensive coordinator where he does run a mostly air raid style of offense. Um, it's not going to happen with a uh, Daigie as their quarterback still, which he's not. Thank God for them. Cause they got JT Daniels. That is a team that everyone needs to kind of be a little uh, on edge for this year. That's a team that that's my biggest breakout candidate is uh West Virginia this year with uh just, I think that JT Daniels combined with uh Graham Harrell's air raid is going to be um, kind of a little bit of a scary sight. I don't necessarily know how excited I am for that game, but uh, I think your best option for divisions, like I, if it was me, I would not go regional at all. I would just kind of just split it up in a way that I felt was going to be the best and most competitive football year in and year out. And, you know, we've had a lot of fun talking about the realignment. One thing before we kind of take off here is I wanted to talk about with this new Big 12, who is big or who is Tech's main rival going to be? I've seen a lot of people say Houston, but me personally, I'm I'm looking at Oklahoma State. I, I with our beef with them, you know, and how each school wants to say they're copying each other, which I love it, and we're it's literally so competitive every year, and I just want to make sure we're in the same division as Oklahoma State because I want to make sure we're playing them yearly. I think it's I think it's easily between Oklahoma State and Baylor, um, you know. But the reason I don't say I, I really don't think it's Baylor as much because Baylor and TCU have their own shit going on. Um, the wannabe holy war if you want to call it that, the real Holy War, I, I believe that's Utah and BYU, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, you know, BYU, or I'm sorry, Baylor and TCU have their own beef going on. Uh, they've had it for as long as TCU's been in the Big 12, probably longer, but it's been amplified since TCU joined the Big 12 back in uh, the early 2010s. But, it's easy to hate on a school like Baylor just because they they try and act like they're good at all. And and I will say this, recently their athletic department has been making leaps and bounds uh, from what they used to be. When, when I grew up as a Tech fan, I used to look forward to the Baylor game every year because we would beat them in football 56-3 to and we beat them in basketball by 35 points every time we played. Uh, and it was awesome. It was awesome. That was the one game a year that you could put on the schedule. And back then, you know, it was even Iowa State also. You could put Iowa State down as a win for pretty much every sport too. Um, but the tables have turned over the past, you know, five to ten years. And uh, Baylor has gotten really good. I'm, a national championship is not won by coincidence in any sport. Uh, that Baylor basketball team was insanely good. Uh, I watched them play in Lubbock when they came and they beat us in Lubbock 
and uh, they were really good. I, I watched them make shots, and I was just like, you know, there's no I, – I said it that day. I said this team's winning the national chase. I said there's no way if they play as good as they can, there's no way that anyone beats this team. Um, football, you know, Aranda has them trending in the right direction. So Baylor – I like the idea of Baylor trending in the right direction because it gives Tech kind of a different uh, perspective a different sort of team to kind of make rivalries with it's I definitely say it's one on the basketball court, but the way football is going now. And if um, you know, if tech football can get back to where it should be, especially with McGuire as the head coach with, as a former uh, Baylor assistant, I think that just adds to the storyline. So I think Baylor could also be a huge thing with Oklahoma leaving. I do agree with you. Oklahoma state will be looking for someone to, channel their hatred towards, even though they already channel a lot of it towards tech. And I, I think that that should just continue. I don't see a problem with having multiple uh, rivals. I think having one in Baylor and one in Oklahoma State kind of keeps everything uh, pretty good. But we'll go ahead and draw it to a close. We're running just over an hour right now. Uh, I, I do want to thank Reed and Kendall for joining me. Uh, Reed was here for a uh, brief time tonight and i want to thank kendall for hanging out and we want to thank all of y'all for listening i don't think we say this enough on here but uh we really truly wouldn't be where we are uh so far without all of you that listen to us every week um you know we're 41 episodes in we're in the dead period but um we have rumblings of viva right now uh you know we're we're starting to gear up for football we all have our assignments and we're all doing our research and uh, starting to hash out our articles for football season. Uh, we'll definitely have a few more podcasts between now and uh, the time that fall practices start. Um, but this is where we are right now. Uh, I would stay tuned for a couple of episodes over this dead period. I know, I don't know if it's going to be our next episode or in a couple weeks, but we have agreed that we're going to dish out on a uh, full episode uh, covering the topic of the NIL, uh, what all four of us think about it, uh, where it's headed, what it means for the college athletics landscape, and so forth. Uh, but again, we just want to thank everyone that takes the time out of their week to listen to us, uh, whether you're at work, whether you're on the drive home, whether you're sitting at home. Uh, whether you're out on a walk, walking the dog, whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to us, uh, we want to thank you. And uh, thanks, Reckham, and we'll catch you next week.